Chapter 19 of Remodeled Farmhouses by Mary H. Northend. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Cynthia Moyer. Chapter 19 The George D. Hall House. Fortunate is he who, on opening up the old fireplace in the house he intends to remodel, finds hidden away behind plaster and paper a pair of old andirons and possibly a shovel and tongs indispensable furnishings for the fireplace no old farmhouse but what has in almost every room some kind of an open hearth and these are useless for the burning of wood without fire dogs or andirons as they are commonly known to the inexperienced house owner who is looking for economy in his house furnishing reproductions are tempting and most attractive sets of fire dogs are to be found in almost every store in choosing a set however one must exercise judgment many of the reproductions are low in cost but are really merely lengths of brass piping showing brass balls that are lacquered and strung together on invisible wire frames they are in reality the cheapest kind of spun brass andirons if one with a knowledge of the weight of brass handles them he will realize their flimsiness but thousands of people do not recognize the difference poor fireplace accessories such as these detract greatly from the charm that surrounds a good hearth and mantel it is no longer easy to pick up original cut brass andirons at the antique and junk shops that is at a reasonable price it is in the country places old farmhouses and from people who have not yet learned to gauge their worth that one can get a good bargain bringing often only three or four dollars a pair and being of the best material in reproduction there are on the market today plenty of good cast brass andirons but they are expensive and cannot be purchased at less than seven dollars ranging from that to a hundred dollars a pair while the spun brass kind may be purchased for two dollars and a half a pair andirons come in a great many heights and in the olden times two sets were used the one holding the forestick and the other the backlog in addition to that in the earliest american houses creepers were used they were in reality of iron small enough to be placed between the andirons and they helped out in holding the sticks the first material used for andirons was iron and we find today occasional specimens of this kind many of them not particularly graceful while others are very ornamental in design there are the hessian andirons 
which are found either in plain iron or decorated with bright paint. These came into use about 1776 and were used to caricature the British soldiers, who were very unpopular in our country. The most interesting of these old andirons show unusual shapes, a great many of them having artistic ornamentation. Occasionally we find them with brass tops. It was fitting to use this metal on account of the fire frame, which was of cast iron as well, and while many of these were of foreign manufacture, yet not a few were fashioned by the village blacksmith. In the choice of andirons, the size of the fireplace should be considered. The small ones should not have the steeple tops, but small ball pattern or some other design that is low enough not to crowd the fireplace and thus give the impression of bad taste. The large fireplaces need the high andirons, of which there are so many different kinds. The modern adaptation of the colonial has brought these furnishings into vogue, so that today it would be almost impossible to tell the old from the new. Shovel and tongs were much used during the early period, but a poker never accompanied the set. These appeared after the introduction of coal, and are found among the reproductions on the market today. Another bit of the furnishings is the fender, of which there are many designs, some being of simple wire, painted black, with brass top and balls, while others are entirely of brass. The warming pan is an appropriate accessory for this part of the room. It should be hung on a peg at one side of the hearth. In addition to that we find the bellows, some of which are most decorative in their design. The proper selection of this furniture gives an air of refinement to the room. There is a most attractive farmhouse situated in Dover, Massachusetts. It is owned by Mr. George D. Hall and shows a series of remodelings, rather than a complete work, for each year an addition has been made which has bettered the initial scheme. The original farmhouse, for instance, which was built in 1729, was a small, unpretentious building that was very dilapidated in condition, but whose situation appealed to its present owner. It was his desire to obtain an old house that could be used if need be for an all-the-year-round home. Plenty of land, picturesque views, good landscape effects, and ample elbow-room were what he especially desired. The house stands back from a winding country road in one of the most picturesque situations it would be possible to find. An old stone wall, built over a century ago by the original owner, still forms a boundary line to protect the grounds. 
few estates show so many beautiful trees they add greatly to the pictorial effect of the place graceful elms with swaying branches are on every side while on the opposite side of the road pine trees are in evidence and on either side of the stone wall wild shrubs have been planted there has been no attempt at formal arrangement of the grounds not even with the garden which is at the side of the house there has been built simply a picturesque lattice that separates house from barn and over which have been trained attractive vines in 1907 a wing was thrown out to the south with an enclosed tiled porch and a sitting-room above a small eyebrow window was placed in the roof to light the stairway while the original porch on the west and south was carefully retained two years later this porch was removed and a smaller entrance one was substituted this showed a brick walk extending from carriage block to covered loggia at the south again in 1914 the eyebrow window was removed and dormers inserted in the roof an open tiled platform was built outside the enclosed loggia and a sleeping porch was added to the east sitting room a garden and pond were laid out to the south of the loggia with a vista framed by two huge elms that were some thirty feet south of the house these improvements have converted the old farmhouse into one of the most interesting and beautiful houses that can be found within the last few years the planting and garden effects have been more carefully considered the grounds have been enlarged and at the left of the house an old-fashioned garden has been laid out with a gazing globe for the central feature the name lone tree farm was given at the time of purchase from the fact that a single tree guarded the house at the front this tree still stands but has been enhanced by the careful planting of shrubbery on either side the driveway which has now grown until it has become a partial screen for the lower floor of the farmhouse other trees have been added and in order to obtain the seclusion desired extensive grounds have been purchased on the opposite side of the road so that no neighbors may come near enough to detract from the quiet in remodeling this house an l has been added at the rear for the service department and a sun parlor has been thrown out at one side this makes a most attractive living room in winter and with windows removed a cool sleeping porch in the summer the colonial porch which has been added at the front is much more attractive than the former long veranda which is replaced by the sun parlor in painting the house white has been used with green blinds so that it is 
in reality a symphony of green and white and as it stands in the centre of the lot surrounded on three sides by pasture-land gardens and meadows and on the front by hundreds of acres of woodland it is one of the most interesting studies in house remodeling to be found the small hallway is simply an entrance with narrow winding staircase that leads by easy treads to the second-story floor in nineteen fourteen in ripping out these front stairs to secure the space above them for a small room it was discovered that the old smoke-house where in olden days hams were cured and the back of the bake oven behind it had not been torn out the former consisted of two gothic arches the taller of which was twenty feet in height the shape was dependent on the two fireplaces in adjoining rooms the smoke-house is about five feet deep and when discovered was enclosed with an inch of greasy soot an oak cross-beam with hand-wrought nails indicated where the hogs were hung it had been left in its natural state after being cleaned out and as it looked crude to one entering the front door it was shut off with an old panelled door so that the hall with stairs removed is now shaped like six sides of a hexagon the front door remaining where it originally was placed the living room which is at the right of the hallway has been made from two rooms in this the old woodwork has been carefully retained and the walls have been hung with a soft green that is a fine background for the many pictures and which brings out the beauty of the white woodwork the furniture here does not follow the colonial lines for comfort has been the first consideration it is shown in the large roomy davenport piled with sofa pillows and the comfortable armchair at one side of the open fireplace here the owner has supplied the correct fireplace accessories the andirons being low with brass ball tops and the shovel and tongs having the same finish the mantel while not elaborate shows hand carving and panelling bookcases are a feature of this room and are found everywhere opening from the living room is the glass enclosed sun parlor which has been tiled and in which is a modern fireplace of bricks laid in white mortar over it is a bas-relief the andirons are high of modern type showing fleur-de-lis design and are in keeping with the fireplace willow furniture is used in order to give the sun parlor a light touch which could not have been done if the colonial idea had been carried out it is an ideal summer living room being sunny most of the day then too its location is well chosen as it overlooks the old-fashioned garden 
and commands vistas cut in trees and shrubbery the den used extensively by the owner is a typical man's room built-in bookcases and window seats give it a most livable look while pictures of the hunt line the wall and a hunting scene is used as a frieze it is placed in a sunny part of the house so as to catch as much light as possible the dining room was made from a part of the old kitchen and strangely enough shows fine panelling of white pine which has been carefully preserved and makes a background for the mantel ornaments the mantel shelf is narrow and extends around the whole fireplace the old chimney has been partly built in for modern use while the andirons are very unique reproductions the old crane has been retained as have the pot hooks and iron kettle while the old brick oven now never used is a memento of the days when our grandmothers cooked with great logs of wood heating the oven once a week in order to do the family baking the furniture is of the colonial type while the rugs are modern but blend with the scheme color of the room it is large well lighted by many windows and divided by an alcove only from the living room which adjoins it every room in this house has been carefully considered with regard to view and one can stand at any window and look out upon a different phase of country life for trees and shrubbery are so arranged that the grounds lend themselves admirably to pictorial effects upon which no neighboring house intrudes upstairs in the l of the house over the sun parlor is a large sitting-room it has been so designed that it faces three different directions and is lighted by a group of long windows at one side in this room the sunlight lays practically all day making it a bright livable room where colonial features have not been considered to be sure there are several pieces such as the old-time work-table but modern ideas mainly have been introduced on either side of the cluster of windows are built-in bookcases which have been painted white to match the trim and are filled with well-read books between these bookcases is a long window seat beneath which drawers have been built which are very convenient for holding unfinished work the hangings are of muslin with blue overdrapery harmonizing with the color scheme of the room a large open fireplace on the opposite side provides for a cheery wood fire more especially on stormy days for this house is one that is lived in all the year round so that heating and lighting had to be taken into consideration in addition to this room there are three chambers two bathrooms and a closet on the floor 
each one of these chambers has been given a different treatment. One of the most interesting shows fine woodwork in the paneled doors and also in the small closet that is over the fireplace, a favorite place for a closet to be introduced in the early days. The fireplace is not a large one, and the andirons are small-sized steeple-tops. The bed is an old slat bed, while every piece of furniture is in keeping with the period. Take it all in all, one rarely finds a farmhouse that shows more attractive features than this one, where comfort, light, and view have all been carefully considered. It is perfectly available for an all-the-year-round home, as it is not too far from the station to allow its occupants to go back and forth to business every day. End of chapter 19